Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to Leadership Stars, and I'm so glad that you joined me for this particular episode. I have a woman who I very much respect. Um, I had a colleague of hers on last week, um, Becky Elliott, who talked a lot about uh, women in politics, how she got in and what she did. And I believe that my guest today was very instrumental in making all of that happen. Um, She's developed and implemented training programs for organizing leadership development, mobilization, voter contact for over 3,000 staff and volunteers. She is a powerful force in politics here in the California area. And I feel so honored to have her on the show. And I'd love you to welcome Mayamuna Syed. Mayamuna, how are you? I'm doing well, Linda. Thank you so much for having me on the program. Um, I am really excited to be here and talk about women in politics in 2018. And I was so happy that you said yes, um, because this is exactly what I wanted for this month. My husband actually said to me this morning, he says, why aren't you doing a month on politics? I go, I am. That's what this month is all about. Oh, yeah. Um, Sometimes he doesn't quite catch up with what I'm doing, but I love him anyway. Um, So, (laughs) Mayaluna, tell uh, tell the audience just a little bit about your background, and then we'll talk about why you got into politics. But let's start with your background. Sure. So, um, I've been in politics for about 10 years now. And I've had the amazing, wonderful opportunity to work in labor politics um, with um, wonderful national unions like AFT, SEIU, AFME. Um, And about four years ago, I actually transitioned over to the California Labor Federation, helping um, unions on a statewide level here in the state of California with organizing and mobilizing campaigns. And it really wasn't until... Uh, 2016 in the presidential election where I just felt this urge to um, join the Clinton campaign in Pennsylvania as their training director uh, and train the uh, next generation of organizers uh, who come on during presidential campaigns uh, to really help uh, win my state of Pennsylvania for Secretary Clinton. Unfortunately, that did not work out. Mm. um, And we know what happened there. And so in, like, the 48 hours after the election, you know, there's just so much emotion that's, like, ripping through your body as you're coming to the reality of where we are now Mm -hmm. um, and how we have been unable to break that final glass ceiling for women. And I just spent a lot of time really thinking about why that was. Um, why is it that we were unable to elect this this wonderfully qualified woman to be president um, in really one of our first truest shots at that Oval Office. Um, And it became very clear to me that we didn't have enough women elected across every level of government. Um, And if we were going to be able to break that final glass ceiling, we would have to go out and find and inspire women to run for office and then train them to run for office. Um, I I used to say to myself back then, like the first woman president's out there, we just have to find her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really why I took on... um, on this role at Emerge California as our executive director to 
recruit and train and inspire the next generation of Democratic women running for office in California. And I think it's it's amazing. And, and someone said to me that the statistic is because of this and, and because of the women's movement, even though there were a lot... There were a lot of challenges with the actual march and then, of course, the anniversary march this year, um, that there are over 300 applications for women running for office, which is an unheard of amount of women actually running. Is that true? So this past, we opened up our applications for our current class, the class of 2018, mm-hmm. um, last June, and we run June through September for our recruitment period. And we had over 500 women express their interest in wanting to run. Um, mm-hmm. And our application numbers actually increased by 87% wow. um, since 2016. And the important thing, this in and of itself is so monumental, but when we look back at 2016 at Emerge California, what we actually saw is that we had such a demand after the election that we extended our application deadline for a week and a half after the election. So, we are seeing an, an exponential increase, um, or we saw an exponential increase last year, even given that we extended our application deadline out the year before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I, I actually know a couple of women, I know Becky, obviously, and Amber Childress was also an alum of Emerge California. Um, and I, I know her well through another organization. And she spoke nothing but high praise for everything that you did. And, of course, she did win her election. Um, so wh- what statistics are we actually looking at if the women who have stood up, stood out, and said, I'm running for this office, if they were all to succeed? And that's that's a pretty, um, how do I say, lofty uh, goal what would be the percentage of women who are who would be in elected office at that point? Do you know? That's actually really tough to look at, and this is why. This year, we are seeing more women than ever before, even Emerge alumna, who are deciding to run for office. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have about a 70% win rate. So of all of our alum who do run for office, 70% of them win. Um, mm-hmm. And keep in mind, most of them tend to be first-time uh, this is their first campaign, their first time running for office. Um, and so what we're seeing this year in California is a significantly higher number of our program members are deciding to run for office this year. And mm-hmm. we're actually not even sure what that number looks like because filing oh. deadlines have passed for um, some for the, uh, for the state assembly and the state legislature. Uh, but for some of our local offices, filing deadlines don't happen until August. Right. So we're kind of waiting in bated breath to see what the number of women are going to be on the ballot this year. And mm-hmm. I think the momentum that we're seeing around, you know, women across the country um, mobilizing, activating, volunteering, and also voting um, mm-hmm. is a great indicator of the amount of success that I think women are going to have in California. I, and I think that's terrific. Um because we do, if, we, if we're truly going to change the landscape of politics and the government and all that, we need more women in office to be able to make those changes. So I, I commend you. Um, and I love the fact that 70% of your alum, I mean, that's an incredible number who actually win their elections. Um, I, you also said um, that there are f- 55% of your women are women of color and 50% hold current elected offices or sit on boards and commissions of the 457 women that you've trained so far. 
Right. Um, I, I think that's, I mean, those are very high statistics um, for any program. And I, I commend you for that. And, and I'm really excited about uh, where this could all go. Um, so, Muna, what was it that, I like to say that movements have a seed. They have um, something that um, ends up in a movement growing at like uh, a tree, and but it starts with a seed. And, you know, you nurture it and you nourish it and you grow it and you pick all the weeds and everything else around that. So what was the seed that actually started Emerge California? So about 15 years ago, Andrea Dusteel, who's the, who was then the founder of Emerge California and now is at Emerge America. So they, because of the success of the program in California, mm-hmm. um, Andrea helped take it national. So I think we're in about 24 states now and we have a 50 state goal by 2020, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what Andrea saw was that, you know, coming off of 1992, which was the last year of, of the last year that was heralded as the year of the woman, there really, after that point, there really weren't a lot of significant gains in women being elected to office. And mm-hmm. so she had this crazy idea, right, that if we yeah. recruit and train women to run for office and get them on the ballot, then they might actually win. Mm-hmm. And it's and so interesting to to think about that because I think we have I think there's a lot of stigma that exists right like for some reason a lot of people tend to think that like women aren't very electable but when mm-hmm. you actually look at the numbers when a woman gets her name on the ballot she wins at the exact same rate that a man does and so it's really about doing the recruitment inspiring women, giving them the confidence that they need to be able to run, and then training them with the skills that they're going to need to run an effective campaign, um, and then helping launch them, right? Giving them the the leg up, if you will, to be able to then run for office. And Mayamuna, what it, what it sounds like, too, is uh, actually stepping into leadership, that mm-hmm. you know, we, we have to be inspired, we have to have confidence, we, we need that leg up, um, and really to step into leadership in order to be um, considered a true candidate for a, a position in politics, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, we, when we kind of talk about like what the seed is, mm-hmm. I think for a lot of women individually, we women tend to need, lead naturally, right? We mm-hmm. are often the organizers of events for our families. Uh, right, we plan the birthday parties uh, right. in our in our jobs and in our careers. We're always the facilitators. We're the ones who help pull people together in spaces to have conversations and discussions to set priorities and then to do the work. That's just naturally who we are. Um, and but somehow societally, that doesn't translate into the word leader for a no. lot of women. And so. At Emerge California, we believe very heavily that women are natural leaders. We're naturally born leaders. We will engage in discussions, go through compromises, evaluate all of the possibilities, and come up with the best possible solution to them. And Mm -hmm. so really, women are already coming in with the skills and um, the natural leadership abilities. We're just helping them see that in themselves. Yeah, it's it's what I call the reluctant leader. Um, Women, Mm -hmm. you're right, women do this naturally, but we don't want the label of being a leap leader. 
Um, and so to get women to step up, step out, and step into and own their leadership is a real kudo for Emerge California, because I think that's that's where it begins. It's them look, looking in the mirror and going, you're right, I am a leader, and I do right. this naturally. And, and people flock to me because I organize and I bring people together and I you know do whatever it is that that I need to do to be a leader. One thing that I find interesting what what appears that we're doing with the recruitment, the training and the launching of our women into politics. This is something that Israel did several years ago. Um, mm-hmm. they were seeing only like 5 to 10% of their um public offices were held by women and they wanted to make a change and they did exactly that. They recruited women, they brought them in and trained them and then they put them on the ballot to to run. And they've seen something like a 60% increase in the number of women who are in political offices in Israel. She said, the woman I talked to said, and now we're hoping to get that same kind of return on the private sector. But she said, we have no control over there. And right. so I, I'm really thrilled to see that this is a similar program and that it's getting that kind of success. Yeah, me too. I mean, it, it's just it's just so inspiring to see it. And I think that, you know, after the 2016 presidential election, something is, something is different. I think a, lo- a lot of women leading up to the election or right after the election kind of went through the same moment of recognition of really where we are as a society when it comes to gender parity in elected mm-hmm. office and women having a voice and um, being able to share that voice. And so what we're seeing now is more and more women actually across every industry kind of stepping up and mm-hmm. owning their voice and making the statement. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned Israel. It was very surprising to me um, short to learn that the United States now, I think, ranks 103rd internationally when it comes to gender parity in elected office. Um, and we're behind, uh, you know, countries like Mexico, and we're on par with countries like the United Arab Emirates. Um, and then when we, yes, <laughs> when we look at, when we look at the, the country as a whole and look at individual states, you know, California is just like, big blue beacon of hope um, and this big, you know, progressive calling. We have the, you know, we care about representation in elected office and yet we're 32nd in the nation. We're actually behind Iowa and slightly ahead of Texas. Um, And so we have a long way to go when it comes to gender parity here in the state of California. Um, We are, women make up 52% of the population and, and registered voters in the state. And yet we're at about, I think the most recent number is 23% representation in the state legislature. Um, it was 22% uh, for a little while, but we actually saw an unfortunate increase in that um, percentages because of our legislators who were stepping down uh, for sexual assault and sexual harassment. So we've got a, a long way to go in the state and, I think we're going to make some significant gains this year just with the sheer number of women who are on the ballot. And again, mm-hmm. this amazing upswell of women becoming more active in the political scene and not just running for office, but also volunteering to help and to, to knock doors and to make phone calls and quite honestly, to give to women candidates and support their candidacy. 
Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think that's um, amazing that it's, I guess people need to understand that it's not just running for office, but it's all mm-hmm. the support staff as well. It's the folks in the campaign office. It's the folks who are getting out on the day of election and, and encouraging people to, to vote. Um, it's the, the volunteers who are making phone calls, who are going door to door. All of that requires leadership and requires people to go out and do that. And again, the more women do that, the more they get involved in that, the more likely that they might even step into, gee, this this was fun. I want to I want to go further. I want to be that candidate and have the people supporting me. Um, so I, I I think oftentimes we start with the the stuff we do well, which is organize, pull people together, and that kind of thing. And then out of that step into the concept of, gee, maybe I will run this time. So audience, what I'd like you to think about is where are you in the political landscape? Are you someone who sits back and just looks at the advertisements on all of the candidates? Or do you actually get out there and actively support the candidates of your choice? And I would challenge you with the midterm elections coming up very soon Uh, and the primaries, that you take a stand and get out there and one vote and two volunteer for the candidate of your choice. And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America Women's Channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. 
You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm here with my guest, Maimuna Syed, and I, I was looking at, you know, where all she's been. You know, she's worked for statewide and national unions for eight years, uh, including the California Labor Federation. She's been with the American Federation of Teachers in New Mexico. Um, she was the Pennsylvania training director um, in the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign, and now she's here in California. And, Maimuna, I wanted to ask you, why all the moving around? The, and, well, first of all, where did you start? You know, where was where's home? And um, why all the moving um, what what did it bring you? So, Philadelphia is home for me. Um, okay. And I say that by saying it's it's where I spent the most of my time. It's it's really where I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually born in Saudi Arabia, and okay. my family immigrated to the United States in 1993, oh, uh, wow. and we immigrated to Philadelphia. And so that's where I, you know, I went to middle school and high school and college. Um, And I had this opportunity to intern with Secretary Clinton in New Hampshire um, back during her first presidential run. Um, And, you know, politics wasn't really something that I felt like I could engage in, especially as a minority Muslim immigrant woman to the country. Um, And so um, I was, as a model minority that I was then, um, I was going to go into medicine uh, and I was <laughs> going to go to med school. And so I, I kind of took, uh, politics was something I was alder- al- already very interested in. And so I was going to just, you know, in my senior year, head over to the Clinton campaign and do this one last thing. I remember saying that to myself, one last thing to try something new, something I've always wanted to do because I was finally given the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I got to tell you, I went on that campaign and I was immediately hooked. Um, after coming back from New Hampshire, I organized in Philadelphia and it, it just felt like for the first time ever I could make a difference um, mm-hmm. and I could have an influence in our political system and really empowering voices like myself that was often left out. Um, and so I always just went where the work was. For me, it was about where could I learn more? Where mm-hmm. could I do more? Where could I like broaden my knowledge base? But also, where could I make the greatest impact? And I've been very lucky um, to be within the labor movement um, during the early part of my career and actually most of my career because I started out working uh, for a labor council in Philadelphia back in 2008 during for the Obama election. And then I actually went up to New York to learn about private sector labor organizing and political mobilization. And through that, got to work on ACA and the passing of ACA. Um, and then I came back to Philadelphia with AFSME to learn more about public sector unions. So again, it was always like the need for knowledge and the want to mobilize and activate and, you know, build strong leaders um, Mm -hmm. and activists who can continue to change the conversation around politics and make it more accessible for folks. Um, And so I I kind of wound up in in New Mexico, which is never a state I thought I'd move to, um, and learned more about organizing in communities of color around Mm -hmm. education issues and the importance that poverty plays in education. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again, I just followed the work over to California 
Um, and actually moving to California was a little bit of a selfish decision for me because my sister had just moved here. Um, oh. And family is really, really important to me. And so when the role at the Labor Fed came open and my sister had just moved to California three months prior, it was like the perfect the perfect storm almost yes. like everything was just lining up and I got to be near my family and I get to live in this beautiful, amazing place of progressivism um, where it's easier to make those changes where people are already empowered and activated and feel engaged in the political conversation. Um, and so once I came to California, you know, this became home and, mm-hmm. and Oakland where I live now really is my home. And so Again, I've just been very blessed to get amazing opportunities where I could spread my wings and learn more and along the way continue to engage and activate and mobilize people to like truly make a difference in their lives, not just mm-hmm. on a national level, because that's where we tend to think politically, but also on like a statewide level and a local level where there are real impacts to their everyday life. Right, and you can also think of it as an impact on the on the global stage as well, depending upon what position you actually um, run for and get elected to. Um, and mm-hmm. um, Maimuna, you, you are also the first Muslim American woman to serve as an executive director with Merge, Emerge America and its 17 state affiliates. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. We're, we're up to 24 now. Um, mm-hmm. we're, Emerge right. America is actually in 24 states. And it's really exciting because the states that we're expanding into are, you know, what we uh, here in the United States refer to as more red states um, mm-hmm. so emerge Iowa is up and running which is really exciting and we're going into southern states um, with this idea of empowering democratic women to run so this this program is phenomenal because not only does it just inspire women to own their leadership and run for office but it's changing the dynamics of representation in our democracy on a, on a local level that's just so unbelievably important. I think that's a tremendous, and, and it takes us right to the next question, which was, so how does Merge, Merge California fit into the California political landscape? We are a blue state, so how does it fit in? So like I mentioned um, earlier, you know, women make up 52% of the voting population in the state of California, and yet mm-hmm. we're at 23% now in state legislatures. And when you look at executive offices, we kind of oh, mirror yeah. the national trend. So nationally, women make up 10% of all governors, which is five. We have five women governors. And 19% of all mayors in our top 100 largest cities. Uh, and here in California, when we talk about Emerge and how we're helping to shift some of those numbers, um, mm-hmm. we actually have quite a few women who've been elected to executive leadership uh, in their mayor, mayoral roles. So Mayor Libby Schaaf in Oakland, for example, is an alumna. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi Harmon, who is the mayor of San Luis Obispo, is also an alum. Um, and so we've had, we've seen how well our program works around local office. And that's really where Emerge fits into the California landscape. Mm-hmm. We are out there kind of get, training the next generation of, we really are training the next generation of women leaders and helping giving them the skills that they need to run a successful campaign, um, thereby electing them to represented office so that they can represent the values of their communities. Um, and not just as, as women, but also as minorities, also um, as like mothers and uh, amazingly qualified um, candidates uh, and just the caliber of 
of the women who've gone through our program is just amazingly exponential. And so I think, like I said, we still have a lot of work to do in California. uh, And that's really my motivating factor every morning when I wake up uh, to think that, you know, our future mayors are right there. Our future school board members are just, you know, just one phone call away from recognizing their potential. Um, And then when it comes to the overall California landscape and politics, We've been very blessed in the state to, you know, have both of our senators be women Mm -hmm. um, on a a national level. We have um, a huge percentage of our congressional members are women, uh, and we want to make sure that we're we're maintaining those numbers as we move into the future. And we're not just um, helping people run for local office, but we're also building a pipeline to further uh, elected office. So if you are running for school board now, do you do you want to run for state assembly? Do you want to run for state senate? Are you eventually going to run for Congress? We kind of see ourselves as that uh, the gatekeepers who open that first door to further political advancement and building the pipeline uh, for women up and down uh, at all levels of leadership and representation in the state. And so in essence, you give the women who come through the program a career track that they can follow and and move into and get elected to um, more global positions as they mature and they get experience um, in what they're doing currently at the local level, at the county level, at the state level, and that that kind of thing. So, Muna, could you describe your training program? I know it's, what, five months long? Yes. So, we have a five-month training program that typically runs from December through April, um, and we meet um, one weekend a month for those five months. And our training program covers everything from how to run effective field campaign, how to do fundraising, message development, communications, um, to building personal strengths, um, identifying your core values as a candidate and why you're choosing to run for office, mm-hmm. um, and then how to build up a uh, network. Um, I call it the sisterhood here in California at Emerge. Uh, the sisterhood is very strong. And so when women graduate from our program, not only do they have the skills um, to run a good campaign um, and to know what that looks like, but they also have this amazing sisterhood of women who are supportive, who are often the first ones to give financial support or help knock doors um, and make phone calls and actually help uh, our, our alumna who are running for office win their elections. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And from where do you draw your um, teachers, trainers, the, the women who are working with them on those weekends? So our program has been around for 15 years. And over those 15 years, our curriculum and our trainers have changed quite a bit. And we're always mm-hmm. looking for... Um, new perspectives. Um, and of course, as technology changes, we're always looking to update our curriculum to um, help meet the new technological advances that are out around campaigns and elections. Um, but our our trainers are just so magnificent. They are um, mostly women who have done this, who have dedicated their lives to politics, whether it's through communications or whether it's through field or fundraising. And so they're tried... Um, tested leaders in their own fields who choose to take time out and come to train women to run for office. Um, So our fundraising training 
for example, we have a wonderful partnership with Emily's List where they come in and actually do our a whole one-day fundraising training. Um, our communications pieces this year, I'm really excited. We've got a new trainer coming in for our on-camera training who's just so phenomenal um, to like give real in-person experience on what it feels like to be on camera, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, our, so our trainers vary. We Our program also runs in three regions of California now. We actually just launched our Central Valley program this year. So our program happens in Southern California, Northern California, and then we have a class in the Central Valley. Uh, And so we also like to utilize local talent in -hmm. those areas to train around our curriculum. That's fantastic. Um, And and I love the fact that you're teaching them on camera. You must have also teach them on... um, what I call preaching their message, um, mm-hmm. basically, you know, how to um, inspire a group of people who've come to hear you, how to draw them in, in essence, to do Martin Luther King's speech of how do I do my I have a dream speech um, mm-hmm. so that people you know, are out there going, yes, you, you, you've touched my heart, you know what I need, I want you in office kind of thing. So you must have people who do that, yes? We have this amazing trainer. Uh, Her name is Christina Harbridge. Um, She's based here in the Bay Area, and she leads a session which is all about authenticity um, Mm -hmm. and, like, how to keep it real and how to use communications or conversations as a way to convey your true self. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, while while these women during her training session are learning how to effectively communicate, essentially, they're mm-hmm. also learning that effective communication comes from a place of grounding, knowing who you are, knowing what you're advocating for, and, like, based in truth, being able to have authentic conversations and engage those around you. So the, my, I had a dream speech is like, how do you convey what your dream is and why you're doing this Mm -hmm. Um, to anyone that you interact with, regardless of how short a time period is? Like, how do you really let people get to know you for who you are? Um, And so at, at Emerge, it's like the we value the the I, like who am I, and the why. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing mm-hmm. what I am doing? Okay. So with the women who, who apply for your program, um, what are some of the biggest barriers that you see for women in politics right now? I think that there are a lot of myths that exist um, and stigmas that are associated to women running for office. Like I mentioned earlier, right. you know, when women yeah. get their names on the ballot, they win at the same rate as, as men do. So there yeah. are all of these like myths that are out there, right? And I think we're, this year, we're really starting to bust through some of those myths. So some of those myths are, I'm not qualified to run for office, right? Mm-hmm. I need to have, like my resume isn't built up enough for me to be able to run for office. And yes, there is a certain level of experience that's needed in understanding of your community that's needed when you do decide to run for office. But women tend to ask that question or make that statement about themselves at a significantly higher rate than men do. So you'll have like men who are coming out of college immediately running for office. Meanwhile, you have a woman who's been in the public education system for like 25 years who somehow convinced herself that she's not qualified to run for office. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to bust through that myth, right? If you mm-hmm. know education policy, if you've been in, you know, a, a teacher for a very long time or been part of the public education system, of course you're qualified to run for office. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the other thing that uh, the the second myth is really I need to be asked to run, and this oh. kind of goes back to a permission thing. Like no one asked me to run, or you know, I, I need to get the permission of those around me um, to run for office before I run for office. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that this is another myth that's going out the window after 2016, right? I think women are, are really in a situation now where they're like, it's not me, then who? If not now, then when? Mm-hmm. And so um, women are, and this is why we're seeing women run at a much higher rate now than we did before. Um, then, of course, there's, you know, a, a big let's, hurdle and a challenge is around... Right there. Because sure. we've only got a couple minutes left. And I wanted to, to s- sort of sum up what you just said, which are the myths around being qualified and being asked to run. And from a women's perspective, we have a gender mm-hmm. heritage that mm-hmm. says that we have to be uh, perfect. We have to, we mm-hmm. have to support. We have to be 100% qualified. Whereas man, men say, yeah, 20%, I can do it. Um, right. And we we hang back. We don't raise our hand and say, I want that job. So that whole piece about being asked and getting permission is such a key in our genetic heritage. And audience, what yeah. I want you to think about is where have you held yourself up because you don't feel qualified, you haven't been asked, or you you don't know 100% of the job. You don't have um, that piece that you need to put up your hand and say, it's me you want. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm here with my very, very favorite guest, uh, Mimuna Saeed. And she is the executive director of Emerge America's uh, California affiliate um, here, and she's stationed here in Oakland um, and doing some really phenomenal things with women. Um, We were talking about the myths that keep women um, out of politics and the barriers that are there, and some of them were just, you know, so touched my heart. And then on the break, we talked about the perfectionism and the fact that you need to be independently wealthy. Um, I think that's also very a very interesting barrier to break through. So, how does Merge California help women to break through those barriers? Some of the myths that currently exist around women running for office are myths and stigmas that quite honestly, are associated to, you know, functioning in very patriarchal spaces, right? right? So as we were, as we were kind of talking about during the break, um, this idea of like, I'm not qualified to run, I must be asked to run, I need mm-hmm. to know every issue and every potential outcome, I need to be perfect, like the perfect candidate before running. A lot of those are really come from how women have been treated in the workplace, I think, you know, this idea that um, keep your head down and do the work and mm-hmm. don't, make any, uh, don't make any waves. Uh, and if you work hard enough, someone is going to recognize the work that you are doing <laughs> and then offer you the opportunity to advance in your career, whether it's a promotion, whether it's a project, whether it's being lead on a project, as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And... And I think the other fact, the other side of this is like for, there have been a lot of women who have like really spoken out in their jobs, in their careers, who've expressed discomfort within a project and almost been reprimanded or been ignored from it. Mm-hmm. So we're almost like trained, we're conditioned to think about, um, I think we're conditioned to think this, right? We're conditioned yes. to think that we have to be this perfect, amazing, qualified person in order to run. And quite honestly, men just don't have to go through that. So mm-hmm. at Emerge California, what, what we help our program members see is that, of course, you're qualified to run. You don't need to be asked to run. You wanting to do something is enough for you to go and do it. Um, you don't need to know every issue and every potential outcome. I, I feel like that's another thing, you know, especially as women in the workplace and, and as workplace leaders. Uh, I've always used to, to say this, like, it's, it's not enough for a woman to have an idea. We have to have an idea, plan out the work, and carry it out before about 25% of the way before we share it with anyone else in uh-huh. order for our idea to actually be picked up to fruition, Right. 
Absolutely. And so it's like you, you don't need to know every issue and every outcome and plan things out and carry it out 25% of the way before you're ready to do it. You just need to know where to get the information and help mm-hmm. make those connections to have the help that you need along the way when you decide to do it. Um, I think this idea, I need to be independently wealthy. <laughs> what that really tells me is that there isn't a, a lot of money that's going to women in politics. And mm-hmm. some of the established institutions around elections, you know, it's it's harder for women to get those endorsements because of the stigma around like women not women don't win elections, mm-hmm. right? Like, or there can only be one woman candidate. And so, I think some of these institutional organizations tend to uh, either with withhold their endorsements and their support of women candidates and thereby affecting fundraising. So it's almost mm-hmm. like if I'm a woman who's running for office, I need to raise all of, like, I need to have my own money to run a campaign. Mm-hmm. And at Emerge, we just break that down entirely. We spend an entire weekend on fundraising um, and teaching women the skills that they need to effectively fundraise based off of why they're running for office and what their campaign message is. Mm-hmm. But you're really giving people an opportunity to engage in your vision um, and to uh, be empowered to make a difference in their lives on a local level um, and through politics. And so we kind of break down that. We we just bust these myths, you know. I love like, it. And last year, I remember last year was my first training year with Emerge, and uh, it was one of the last sessions. And I'm looking around, and, you know, we're kind of having people do their stump speech, and a lot of folks are still hesitant. And this is like after four four meetings. And I remember looking around the office and I'm like, it seems like a lot of you are still looking for permission to run for office and you need someone to tell you you're qualified. Well, you're qualified and you have my permission to run for office. Is that enough? <laughs> like just take it and go and do it and like, and be amazing. And this year we are, so many of our women who graduated last year are running for office this year. So it's like, sometimes all you need is like someone to give you that permission or someone to validate you in this space. And I think emerged as a, one of the reasons we're so successful is because we do that. We say, of course you belong here. Of course, this is your message. Um, of course you deserve to be in elected office and you are adding value to the conversation. I love it. I, I think that's, that's so great to break through the myths and also to break through our gender heritage, the things that we've always been told since we were a little girl. I, I do have mm-hmm. to tell you a quick story, though. You were talking about, um, you know, we feel like we need to know every issue. Um, years ago, I belonged to an association that had a political arm to it, and we went to Washington for our, our political um, conference. And at one point, we had... Um, a senator come in who was very into, uh, at that point it was personnel, um, you know, HR or whatever we're calling it the, these days. And we wanted to know what the issues were, what were the, the bills that were on track to, to go through the Senate uh, at that particular point in time. And every time we'd ask him for a bill, he'd turn to his aide and go, so what are we doing with that bill? And the aide was the one who had all the information about the bill, what was going on, where the blocks were, what we could do to help move the bill through. And you know, and I thought, so you don't, as the elected official, need to know everything, but you need to have some really great support people who do know everything about the issues that you're working on. So women hear that, you know, you, you do have a support staff that you work with who can, you know, be your eyes and ears and can support you in, in what issues you feel are important to move forward. 
Um, but I, I just thought that was amazing. We all laughed afterwards about how yeah. he really didn't have a clue as to what we were asking him. Anyway, um, you have a, a, a free gift for our um, audience, and I'd love you to uh, I'd love you to share that, and then I have a question for you about it. Sure. So, uh, applications for Emerge California Class of 2019 launch June 1st and run through September 1st. And there is a $50 application fee, uh, which we are going to waive uh, for anyone who is listening to this program. So, I would love if you are interested in applying to the program uh, through what you're hearing today, uh, you can send applications to applications at emergeca.org. Send us an email, let us know you heard about us through this program and you are interested in applying and we will waive your fee. I think that's amazing uh, and, and a very great gift for um, our listening audience. Now, I have a question for you. Uh, you're in 24 states and we're in not only the states, but we're also international. So I'm, I'm sure you don't have any um, uh, sway outside of the, the confines of the United States, but of the 24 states, can you make that offer for all 24 states or just for California? Just for California. Each state is run independently and operates independently. Okay, but you do have connections with the other 23 states, yes? Yes, true. Okay, so audience, if you're not in California and you'd be interested in finding out about the Emerge program in your state, do connect with uh, Mimuna um, through her website or, or through, can I give them your email address? Um, actually, if they want to just email me at applications at emergeca.org uh, with the information that they're looking for, we can get them connected. They can also um, visit Emerge America's website. So Emerge mm-hmm. America is our national organization. Um, and they can learn more about which states we're in and how to get engaged in those states. Um, and the best way to do that is to visit Emerge America directly, uh, and that is emerge.ngpvanhost.com is the way to get to Emerge America. Okay, perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are ladies especially, um, if you're if this has piqued your interest in running for office and really being a part of making change in these United States, then please do connect with your local Emerge um, training program and let's make that happen. All right. I I warned you on the break that I was going to ask you this question. Um, And so hopefully we've had a, a couple minutes to think about it. We're doing a lot of work here, especially in a blue state, um, with Democratic women and really increasing the number of Democratic women who are in office and who are making change happen. What about the Republican women? Um, Is there anything like this out there? And just, I guess my question would be, why don't we um, embrace both sides of of the House as opposed to just Democratic women? So there are actually some really good programs that are popping up around the country to engage and train Republican women. She Should mm-hmm. Run is a, is one of them. They're actually phenomenal, and they offer uh, both online and in-person training. So there are nonpartisan organizations that are already doing that work. Um, okay. Here, with Emerge, our focus really is on Democratic women. I think it's, it's also the issues that we tend to bring to light um, mm-hmm. and that we advocate on behalf of. Um, mm-hmm. And we use that as a, a way to um, 
to really drive the involvement of women running for office on a democratic place. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the piece of the pie that we've decided to focus on. But there are some really good organizations that are training women across all parties um, mm-hmm. to run for office. Right. So not just the, the Republican Party, but also many of the independent parties as well um, are yeah. looking at training programs for their candidates as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's fabulous because I, I, while we are a democratic state and, and the majority of, of the issues and, and that you're training with and, and that you're bringing candidates forth are definitely on the democratic side. But I, I also think that the Republican women um, have a say as well. Um, I love having a balance between the two um, because what would, what would Congress be like if it was all Democrats? You know, that right. would be some, something to think about, right? If we won all the elections. That could I'm be- a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I actually would love it if Congress was all Democrats. Um, <laughs> but I understand that the, like, we, need a, we just need appropriate representation. And so exactly. even within the Democratic Party, we don't have appropriate representation of women in elected office. And, you know, mobilizing and educating and training women to run for office is and when we talk about women, we're talking about, you know, 52% of the population here in California. So exactly. if we're able to focus our efforts on Democratic women, um, and there are other organizations that are focusing their work on Republican women, then I'm, I feel good about knowing that jointly we can make a difference around gender parity. Exactly. And I, th- I think that's really, and you all have stated that this is the year of the woman, and I, I think that needs to be... On, on all sides, wherever they are. And Maymuna, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show. It has been a pleasure. And I'm anxious to see what happens in the midterm elections this year um, with the candidates that you have coming out of Emerge. And so, audience, if you'd like to know more about growing your own movement and taking that seed and really nourishing and nurturing it and having a gigantic movement that serves your issue, um, please do connect with me at Linda at DARE, the number two lead with Linda.com. That's also a way to get in touch with me about the art of hurting cats and leading teams of leaders. And until next week, just remember, be courageous and dare to lead. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.